In the city, we gon' slide, bet I be there pronto Me, my guys, we really lie Lord, forgive me, pay my ties Please don't have me reach inside And that's in the console Keep the semi when I ride Little penny when I drive In the city, we gon' slide Bet I be there pronto Chopped up and never slopped up It is the Chopped Up It's your boy George Lee, a.k.a. The Conscious Lee Don't forget the Lee theconsciously.com where you can find me at man shout out to all my oklahomies that's dealing with the aftermath of tornadoes man who i'm with hey it's your hey. girl tg happy to be with y'all uh on this may the 5 we pushing through to i say it every week but we pushing through this year and it's wild to me uh canada's in the building i saw that in the comments shout out to y'all uh, shout out to everybody across the United States. Shout out to everybody around the world. Listen, we have inter- right. literally we have international listeners. And I also found out that we are on Good Pods. I've never been on Good Pods before, but we got a stellar review from a, a good friend of ours, a new friend of the show uh, that pod. we have uh, over uh, called Common Leaders is the name of the, uh, the the platform that found us on Good Pods. So you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts. You can listen to us on Spotify, Blog Talk Radio. And good pod, and that's apparently where you can find some other good pods. So go check them out over there. Go check us out over there. Hey, it's good to be here. Toya G at Toya G. We with one more person. What's good? I am Damo the political plug. Y'all know what's up. Um, very interesting conversation today. I'm ready to get. I'm actually ready to go ahead and get into it. So go ahead, let's get it cracking. Yeah, like going on and jumping right into it. We know that there's been a lot of talk about high quality men, high quality women. Um, being 35 with kids and, you know, being damaged goods. Um, you know, Kevin Samuels has been a very polarizing individual in our social media worlds on these internet streets um, really for forever, but de- definitely since the pandemic when he kind of proliferated mm-hmm. and got shared this, that, and the other. Um, we know that today there was some breaking news that he was allegedly found. Um, uh, 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 what would they use? Unresponsive. Um, yeah, unresponsive. Um, we mm-hmm. haven't seen any major uh, platforms confirm his death, but we know mm-hmm. that based off of just what's been happening and talk, people talking about Kevin Samuels, there's already been uh, a, a flu of tweets, um, Instagram posts, um, TikTok videos. Um, I'm curious. Uh, first, do yeah. y'all think he really did? My opinion is uh, no. And the reason why I'm going to say no for right now is that I looked two places to verify and confirm this information. I first looked at TMZ. TMZ ain't said nothing. The second place I look for confirmation is on uh, the shade room. And what I find really interesting, uh, and we'll talk about Delvin's comment uh, in a second, but what I find really interesting is that the shade room is working very hard to be a reputable news source. So they're not even getting into the back and forth of the speculation of the mites, the maybes, whatever. And I actually commend them for that. They, they've been doing a lot of investigative reporting. They've been doing a lot of, you know, a, 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 just a plethora of topics and subject areas and content. And so I really think they're striving to be a little bit more top tier in terms of just black news and media sources, regardless of the type of content they share all day. So... It's to be known, it's to be seen, but I'm not really sure. And I have heard that there have been Facebook posts and different people getting on lives and saying stuff, but no way to confirm those informations, best friends. All right. So I just don't know. I'm going to wait for those two sources to say what's up uh, and, and let me know from there. So to clear up this question, um, we're hearing a lot of, well, it's a few people who don't know 
who Kevin Samuels is, because I think Kenya has it correct. Kevin Samuels is very black famous. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kevin Samuels is a social media personality who who yeah. had who makes content centered around uh what he frames as high value men and the type of women who are um acceptable for high value men. Essentially, mm. that's that, that, that was like the that was the nomenclature that he introduced. And vice versa. Uh, we'll be fair. He criticizes men as well because I know a lot of people are like, "You make it seem like it's only about high quality men and women." Right. But he also chastises men for not really working right. up to the potential of the types of men and relationships they want to. Now, while Kevin Samuels was known in certain YouTube um, circles for quite a while, he really didn't become more mainstream Instagram famous until uh, a few of his clips went viral uh, when he would rank women. So he would have people come onto his uh, panels, excuse me, and he would rank in, in certain instances. This wasn't all of his content, like so you say. We got people like that ain't all he did. It wasn't all of his content, but what allowed for Kevin Samuels to get the, the get national recognition, big name recognition, is he went viral critiquing women, uh, ranking them based on a number, being very blunt with how he felt they would be deemed as either right, uh, either attractive or unattractive, and so. His his uh, he became known as someone who was very misogynistic in in, uh, in his approach to relationships and how uh, women should be seen and how they should portray uh, themselves. And so uh, it, it it was really one of them things that he was real niche. He was real niche. Like you had to you had to be you know what I'm saying somebody that was invested in those conversations to really understand who uh, Kevin Samuels was. Right. He wrote the Bible fresh and fit. <laughs> <laughs> right. And they just took it and ran with it. And then I don't know if y'all seen the video of Fresh and Fit when they got wrecked by these white people. They went on their shows talking wild and ate them for lunch. Got his man. <laughs> it was great. That's, That's what he got so, happened, man. So so that the, that playbook is what's called uh on social media spaces, it's what's called the black manosphere. There was recently an article that came out that kind of discussed some of the um, upsetting views that the black manosphere holds when it comes to uh, specifically black women. Uh, and so I don't really know any of them dudes because I don't really engage in a lot of them conversations. Kevin Samuels was, was really the only part, like name that I really knew that came out of those circles. Right. Uh, but essentially that's that's how he was known. His, his relationship with the manosphere and with larger social media had to do with uh, how he framed black women specifically that's that's right. what got it but i mean a lot of speculation around his his death i guess i mean i don't know i and there were some comments in the there was something in the comments and i i missed it but it was a little bit shady um and it was early on we'd even mentioned uh kevin Sam, samuels in the minute, beginning of the show i'm trying to find it oh yeah uh <laughs> shakti said kevin samuels died alone and i'm married and it, it makes me want to think about something, George, if I can just kind of lean into this part of the conversation, um, because the another comment said, damn, he ain't even cold yet. And so uh, that's been the, the, the larger sentiment on Twitter is a lot of back and forth about how we talk about the dead. Right. And so what do y'all do? Y'all think it's a limit and a line? Or do you feel like if you did terrible, terrible things in your life, then. You know what I'm saying? You open yourself up to 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 getting rained on and shitted on in your death. Like, what is what is y'all's take on how 
the level of sensitivity we need to have in these moments. Like, is it a cold for you, or are you just like? Yeah, I else? try to, I try, to, I try to have a little decorum and show my humanity and work and be and be a person of principle, not pressure, and I always try to, you know, have respect for human human life and this, that, and the other. But uh, being somebody from the hood, I feel like though this saying was always uh, put in a particular instance, I think that it mm-hmm. applies here, and I explain. Um, we all heard you live by the gun, you die by the gun. To me, that's just saying. To me, that saying just says that you're gonna always be responsible for what you put out in the world. It's gonna come back to you one way or another. And I just see mm-hmm. it kind of as being the same thing as you know, shit. I can't, I can't spit on you in real life. And then when I die, expect for you not to, you know, what I'm saying, return that favor on me. You feel me? That's really how I see it. I know as a black man. I try to, you feel me? Like I didn't, I didn't care for uh, Kevin Samuels. I thought that he did a lot of sucker shit. You know what I'm saying? Me personally, but um, I feel like how I was raised is uh, not to really try to, you know, talk talk down somebody in terms of death. And even though I didn't like him or his principles or his values, I know that he had a family, and I don't know if his family really rocked with his values and no shit like that. So I try to keep it in mind and give him the benefit of the doubt in, in many ways and some because he black. You know what I'm saying? But you know, I don't, I don't, I don't have no disdain against no other people talking shit about him, especially black women, and you know what I'm saying, being the sucker, you know what I'm saying, that he was. So it is what it is. It's unfortunate, but you know. So um, I'm, I'm a superstitious nigga. I'm a superstitious nigga. Um, I, I don't think you should talk about. I, the, I don't think you should speak, uh, uh speak ill of the dead, specifically. Uh, like really celebrating their death because that's something that we all gonna have to deal with. It's like making fun of old people. Mm-hmm. Like, why would you talk shit about uh, you know, getting to a place where you hope that you will be? Like, if you want to live a long life, right? right? So, knowing that death is something that 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 comes to us all is is really not it's not something to be played with or celebrated because we all gonna have to you know what I'm saying ring that bell at some point. Uh, but where where I do run into issues with that sentiment and so in case there's any clarity that's needed it's like no i don't condone celebrating death of people that i disagree with or people that i think are bad for the community or people that i think are bad for the world right it's not my job that's why i know we different for me use like but listen this is this is what i'm saying i say that because i'm superstitious right but under under scrutiny though i may prove myself to be a liar I say this like if, if I'm if I'm because the, the thing about Kevin Samuels is because I'm not a woman, even though I was, I, I I felt what he said was disrespectful to black people as a whole, because that orientation towards black women is counterproductive to black communities. Uh-huh. I, I I can't say that that you know what I heard was enough to be like, yes, he did, right? But are there people who have had a certain impact on the world that if I'm really pressed on, it's like, bro, you ain't, if you was a person at this time, you wouldn't have been happy about. And I, and I think, and, and what I take it back to is, and, and this is an extreme example. I'm not comparing the people who are celebrating the death of Kevin Samuels to slaves or enslaved Africans. However, hmm. when, when, when the slave master died, the enslaved Africans celebrated. And so I think what George is speaking to specifically is that while 
generally, like on, on practice, I don't go around being happy that people have died, regardless of what, you know, what opposing ideological spectrum or side of the spectrum we were on. Sure. There may be some circumstances that I could experience that I haven't experienced up until this point that would make me feel that way. Or if you're looking at examples of like these things happening, like the analogy of the slaves and the enslaved African and the slave master, I could see where that happens. And so the issue with Kevin Samuels is when you become an icon, when, when you're, when you leave, the only thing that's left is your legacy. Not who you were. was plantation patriarchy. So, and, and this is what I want to start asking a question about because Chaz has been tickling me in these comments in a couple of different times, a couple of different places. But Chaz has the question. So we're supposed to rewrite a narrative because because someone dies, and I think that is the question that is at stake when we have these types of conversations. It's what makes people uncomfortable about going to funerals sometimes because we about to sit in here for the next two hours and hear. You, you know what I'm saying? Talk and wax poetic about somebody who I know for the fact live completely contrary to what, you know what I'm saying? You're giving it. So on a real life day to day level, not just with celebrities or pseudo celebrities or people who we have on public platforms, we have to make these kind of these, these types of decisions every single day. How do we confront in death, you know what I'm saying? Somebody who is complete trash in life. And do we, like, like Chaz was asking, rewrite that narrative. Do we, do we grant them that just because they died? Chaz, Chaz, then Chaz, then hit the nail in the. <laughs> oh, but that's what I'm saying. We're not, we're not. Re the question isn't. I don't know if y'all so, saw this, but he, he. I mean, they. I apologize. So apologize, Chaz. They justified the connection you made to slavery. Dominique was like, <laughs> I mean, he, he was. was like, my so, I, I don't think. I don't think that is a gross, uh, a uh, a uh, uh, bad. You know what I'm saying? Characterization. Like I would agree yeah. with that analysis. Like he kind of was enslaving the minds, but this how I see it though. And kind of how like uh, American internet uh, international politics has taught me from an American perspective. One person's patriot is another person's terrorist. Yeah. And when we look at it through that lens, we're gonna always celebrate when we think a terrorist is dying, and we're gonna always, you feel me, be sad and or celebrate for different reasons the life of a hero. For some people, Kevin Samuels was a hero. He empowered them. He made them feel like. You feel me? They, they could be a, a high quality man, make them feel like he was being truthful. He was preaching. He was holding people accountable. And some people that felt like what he spewed was, was, was bullshit. That was dehumanizing. That was immoral. That was unethical. And that was just false. And to me, I think that's just kind of where, 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 like, depending on where you lay it, you think he was a hero? Because also, the last thing I say on this right now is think about it right now how social media is. Folks can be seen as a martyr. And make it where because he, if if he died, you feel me? If he is gone, mm -hmm. the time that he is gone, in my mind, is just like solidifies the 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 legend of Kevin Samuels. You feel me? Yeah. Almost emboldens his support group. Toya, Toya, you moving too fast. Toya, you moving too fast. But let's start here. Let's start here, though. Let's start here. Destiny mm -hmm. X said, if he was an old white man who was racist, what would the, the perspective be? And that's why I said. Off break, I generally, I generally say that's not disrespected dead, but under scrutiny, I will be considered a liar. I mean, I think the thing that is really catching me right here, and I apologize if I cut you off in the direction that this is not going in, but I think the thing that that gets me here is our inability. Like this question, we know if it was a white racist old man, we'd be like, 
nigga, it's nothing, you know, forget you, whatever. Don't care about because a lot of people like the family, but what about the family? We should be kind we wouldn't care about none of that. But when it comes to black women, it always seems like the math gets a little bit different in inexplicable ways. When it comes to the way that black women are hurt in some situations or how they want to I just wanna because I just wanna acknowledge that tension. That it's always like, well, we don't got to be like that. Or, well, what about this? There's always conditional outrage that we are granted. But mm-hmm. if it was a racist white man, then of course. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. then all those rules go off the window. The math is completely different. And I think this is where we have to start really thinking about the separations and the dichotomizations and the, 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 the yeah, all the nonsense that we play into when it comes to violence that happens to black women. But I just, this is just something uh, I, uh, I, I, I think. Real quick, real quick, real quick, real quick, real quick, because because yeah, I, I want to shout out, shout out to that, shout out to my boy Trey. Hey, hey, hopefully y'all, y'all Oklahoma boys staying safe in these tornadoes. You know what I'm saying? I don't think Trey in Oklahoma. No, I think Trey might be in like Trey, in Oklahoma. Or, yeah, all right, Trey. But shout out yeah. to him though. Shout uh, out, yeah. but family though, definitely. You know what I'm saying, Trey. You know what I'm yeah, for sure. Uh, Neek the Greatness said, <laughs> I'm not putting sugar on shit. And, 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 and that's why I want to make a distinction, though, right? Because the conversation is more so, how do we talk about the fact that they gone? Not about romanticizing their legacy. Not about right? romanticizing or sanitizing or making them better than what they was, but it's just like, mm-hmm. hey. Right, because the 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 issue, like, like because like I said, we, we all, death is not something that's unique to any one individual. And since it's all something that we're going to experience, I don't think it's something that should be celebrated, right? It should be, you know what I mean? It, it, it has its role in, in life. But that question, like that, that, that thing, I, like you said, Toya, when it mm-hmm. comes to black women, it's always some extra math. So when I take my, when I take my superstition, like yeah, like you may be late. We already talked about how he talked about both genders. You may be yeah. late. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah. That's cool. We we yeah. we get shout out to the Kevin Samuel stands that can't really keep <laughs> yeah. conversation. This may not be the show for you if you're a Kevin Samuel stand. You may want to come back when we on some other shit. Uh, however, uh, when Toya talks about the math always being different when it comes to black women, I can't if if I'm not fixing my lips when I see somebody celebrating the death. For example, because I think this is a good parallel, Rush Limbaugh died recently. Mm-hmm. For those who know who Rush Limbaugh is, I think Madeline Albright died recently too. Madeline Albright did die recently. It was uh, and, hey, well, Madeline Albright. We talked about when George Bush dad died, and I feel like you know what I'm saying we see that you know just with certain with certain men of stature, especially when they white. It's just a certain reserve they get for, for, for being dying. Like you gotta reserve your criticisms and the the the, the shortcomings and the things that we don't like that they, they did. We gotta hold it back. I remember people was mad that people brought up uh what George Bush did during the AIDS pandemic, what George Bush did for the war on drugs, what George mm-hmm. Bush said then. You feel me? People was mad. I'm talking about George Bush dad, George Bush H W, not George, George W. George, George Herbert Walker Bush, George H W, the first the first we we did, we had a conversation about you know how and and I think I, all three of us was completely unapologetic like we're we're not going to stop talking about your legacy yeah because of, you know hey, what I'm saying and, 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 too, and for the people that's uh, 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 uh LeBrandon scales my response for you and people that are saying this and it's very like very respectfully when we criticize like Candace Owens and Blexit black majority black people are a part of her organization it doesn't mm-hmm. take away from my criticism of what she's doing. 
So you point out that Kevin Samuels majority had women that were calling in. It doesn't take away from my criticisms in how he oriented himself towards women, how he talked to women and the type of aha gotcha moments he put women in. It doesn't negate that. You see what I'm saying? It's like it doesn't negate that Candace Owens and the Blexit movement is an anti-black movement that literally tries to have individual gain off anti-black dispositions. Like none of, all those things is true. You feel me? Mm -hmm. And, and, I, gotta, I gotta interrupt you real quick. I gotta interrupt you. Tarot destroy you. I gotta I gotta put you in timeout. Because the one thing we're not gonna do is we're gonna have this conversation. We're gonna talk about Roe v. Wade, but the one thing we're not gonna do. And let me yeah. let me let me help some of that math real quick. Let me help some of that math real quick because I wrote down the statistics specifically in writing some notes for this. That's 19 million unborn black babies. The total amount in that same 50 year time span was 63 million. So what color were the rest of the children? It's not only black women having abortions. Let's do the math. That is a piece of the puzzle. That's a piece of the conversation. But 63 million babies were aborted but, overall. But the so that 19 million. Let's 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 think about the services that were rendered to people in the public in general. Let's not make a spectacularization of black women in the services they decided to participate. Get that off the screen, bro. So and, that's, and, that's 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 just me. Cause I mean, and and, and as we and, and real quick, I'm gonna say this, and then George, you could go ahead in in the snapshot as we transition over to talk about uh, Roe v. Wade. The one thing we not gonna do is we're not going to allow any of this conversation to be situated, this the conversation of abortion, Roe v. Wade, whatever, to be situated in any type of accusations of black women being murderers because of this conversation. Yeah. We're not allowing that. Freedom of speech is something that you get from the government. We ain't got to put up with your bullshit. Oh God. And we're not going to put up with the bullshit. Y'all can do that shit on other places on YouTube. But the, the convent of murderers, and, yeah, yeah, y'all not, not about to get that off over here. I, I ain't playing them games. Go ahead, George. Yeah, man. Uh, we know that uh, intersectionality is, is is so real, and everything that we talk about is usually inter interconnected and intersected. You see what I'm saying? Uh, education is elevation. Um, we know that depending on what side of the aisle you on, you feel like you know you might be mourning the death of Kevin Samuels, and depending on what side of the more the, 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 the aisle on, you might be feeling like you know the death of Kevin, Kevin Samuels is something that you want to go grab some sparklers for. Um, we know that uh, regardless of how you feel about uh, you know uh, Kevin Samuels, it's very important to recognize that the shit you leave or the sense you leave with people is always mm -hmm. going to be what they smell when they think about you. And if it's stank, and they nose turn up, then you feel me? It is, it is what it is, man. We know that us that grew up in the '90s or grew up in the early 2000s, we know that in the early, uh, in, in late '90s, they always said shit like "live by the gun, die by the gun." You're responsible for the energy you put off in the universe, this, that, and the other. If people feel like you full of shit when you alive, they probably gonna feel like you full of shit when you dead too. Yeah. Um, if people feel like you are, you know, what I'm saying, a, a, a saint when you alive, they probably gonna think you a saint when you dead too. Um. Yeah. That's all I gotta say with that. Rolling into the next one, education is elevation. About to get into this Roe v. Wade. Um, I hope that this conversation uh, allows for a lot of people to learn from not only the political process, but also learn about just the historical implications of abortion in our country. And we're gonna get into a lot of how a lot of people kind of get into the um anti-abortion shit. You don't realize where it comes from. And I listen, before we get into the conversation, I just said the last thing. I was born and raised down south. I've only mm -hmm. lived down south in the Bible Belt. I've only lived around environments that was structured by being against abortion. 
I ain't never lived nowhere that that that, that was for abortion. I've always lived in places that was against it. Keep that in mind when we had this conversation. Yeah. I, and and I think I think uh I think Destiny X is uh is, is making a pretty specific point as well. And that's uh, I don't say recipes for everybody. Yeah. Actually. Okay. Uh so y'all want to get into the snapshot or y'all want to get to the uh, political chop next or y'all want to do the culture chop? How y'all want to do it? Roby Wade. Culture chop. Well, because both of them were right. We, I, I, I got it. Political chop. Let's get into it. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so I, I guess it's good to start the political chop here because essentially all of this came out due to uh, or this conversation is relevant due to a leak. I do want to be clear. We're not talking about any specific action that has taken place as it pertains to Roe v. Wade, but what we received this week was a leak of a draft of a decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. To overturn Roe v. Wade, it's very interesting. The first thing that makes this interesting to get into it, Roe v. Wade is a, is a uh, was a Supreme Court decision that had decided mm-hmm. that the ability to outright ban abortions was unconstitutional because it was a overreach of government and how it clashed with personal rights, right? Personal autonomy, mm-hmm. right? So the Roe v. Wade standing in our in in our laws. Have, has made it more difficult for certain states to outright ban abortions. Now we know that in order for the in order for the legal system to work properly, you have to have the right people in place. So there are places like Texas, for example, who have saturated their government with the types of people who pretend to care about the Constitution but don't really care about the Constitution, and they found ways, creative ways, to create certain abortion bans. That haven't yet uh, been the challenge in the Supreme Court, uh, but with uh, this this leak coming out, right, which is something that's typically unprecedented. Uh, when when we have these these drafts that take place, they are usually only circulated within very tight circles within the Supreme Court. So the last time a draft was leaked, can y'all mm-hmm. guess? Roe v. Wade. Roe v. Wade. Yes. Last I, 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 I just guessed. I just, I just, I just. Usually, when somebody asks, "Can you guess?" This is very obvious. <laughs> yeah. uh, the last time the the decision of over Roe v. Wade was the last time that there was a leak. Actually, let me. This is a little bit of uh, a political trivia for y'all. If you can think of any of the famous Supreme Court cases, specifically got to do with black people. Another Supreme Court case was leaked. A draft. I'll say Brown was more investigated. Not Brown. Not Brown. Older than, older than that. Plessy Bryce Ferguson. Dred Scott. Dred yeah, Scott was leaked. God damn, what they leaking? I want to say. What's up? <laughs> hey, man. They feel. They, that nigga. That nigga. They were popping it up, man. That's, that's <laughs> right. Hey, 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 hey. I wouldn't be here when this shit come out if I was you, big dog. That's. that's <laughs> That's how that shit was leaked. But essentially what has taken place is somebody thought that the Supreme Court over uh, overturning Roe v. Wade was so significant that they literally risked their freedom and their political careers to be able to get this information out. Uh, mm-hmm. The response about this from political leaders, specifically conservative leaders, has been to call into question the uh whether or not the autonomy of the supreme court has been maintained 
real quick, real quick. I hate to do this to y'all, but real quick, a little bit of you know what I'm saying, uh uh social studies. Three branches of government, the co-equal branches of government are considered mm -hmm. to be autonomous. That means that they operate independently of each other. Congress operates independently of the executive branch, the executive branch operates independently of the Supreme Court, and mm -hmm. it executive goes around judicial. Right. Now, a pulp conservative, we're we, we gonna, we gonna keep it a stack. Conservatives have been straight up saying that because this got leaked, it undermines the uh the autonomy of the supreme court because now mm -hmm. the decisions made by the supreme court are going to be susceptible to public opinion because typically these decisions to overturn or to decide are done internally and we don't hear about it until after the decision has been made so conservative leaders like mitch mcconnell conservative leaders like uh, uh mike mccarthy mm. no his name is mccarthy mike mccarthy is the coach of the uh he's the minority the minority leader mccarthy i don't really know his first name uh but pretty much the, the, what they're saying is that hey we're on this this leak undermines the autonomy of the supreme court because now the supreme court is now susceptible to public opinion sure. giving was the the serious nature of the of, of roe v wade do y'all think that it was to the detriment or to the benefit of our rights as people and how the Constitution protects the Kevin McCarthy? Thank you, Kevin. Of course, Kevin would know. Kevin. Thank you, Kevin. Good to see you. Yeah. Kevin. Yeah. Uh, but but given and I said I straight up said Mike and I hate the Cowboys. I don't know why I said Mike McCarthy. Hey, but <laughs> what's the Cowboys name, man. God we damn. We won't. We won't. We won't. But uh, uh, but given the given, given the uh, the claims is being made about uh, undermining the autonomy, do y'all think that it was a good thing that this leak took place and that it's possible to put public pressure on the Supreme Court to make sure that this doesn't happen? I think that it was a good thing for our rights, but it shows you that 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 the autonomy of the branches of government is in opposition to the general welfare of the people, and we recognize that even from a constitutionalist standpoint. That there has always been competing interpretations on what the Constitution should be doing and how it should evolve. And I would argue that a lot of what Mitch McConnell and them were trying to preserve, you know, they, 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 they're, they're, they're conservatives because they're conserving the Constitution. People that don't know, you think when people conservatives say they're conservatives, they're conserving the Constitution in theory, quote unquote, right? I would argue that a lot of them do it in bad faith because it's like, hey, a lot of those quote unquote founding fathers said it's supposed to be a breathing document, it's supposed to be changing. You're trying to hold on to the old archaic interpretations of the constitutions to be able to justify gatekeeping that says that we're going to have internal decisions, big decisions made, and then we're going to let the public deal with them because really the public is generally stupid and dumb. I think that that's a part of the conversation. I think that a lot of, at least on social media, how it happens in terms of politics, to me, I probably don't. To me, it's always like the Republicans think this. Liberals think this. I mean, Democrats think this. And to me, I feel like it's never like I think both of y'all full of shit because of how y'all how y'all interpret this is stuck in a very old bipartisan way. Well, you ain't even those liberals and those conservatives weren't thinking about women. Yeah. So you hold on to those old political, you know, what I'm saying views to say, hey, this is how I'm going to think. This is how the process should go. <clears throat> to me, it's just like, hey, what what are you doing? Hey, and tear destroy. 
I think that you have you. Uh, you no, that was fine. That was fine. That was fine. They right, throw. You out your way. That was going. You you going out your way, giving this time into the energy. I appreciate you helping yeah. the algorithm. You know what I'm saying? Just like Mitch McConnell and them and a whole bunch of naysayers and trolls. Sometimes when you put your effort in, in, in certain things, you don't realize that you're not only doing yourself a disservice, that you actually servicing the people that you don't really recognize. And it's like, y'all don't want voter turnout. You don't want voter turnout. That's what I, mm-hmm. think I say on this rant. You don't want voter turnout. You don't get um, So in terms of the autonomy of the Supreme Court, and whether or not this particular instance has really started to challenge and threaten that, um, I think it's 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 cooked. The Supreme Court has been has been unraveling in very problematic ways. I think since Donald Trump, right, was able to influence it in such prolific ways and really politicize it in ways that you know we we knew was there, right? We knew that there were conservative and liberal splits. We knew that people had their own orientation toward politics that informed how they were credible enough to even be on. Like we knew that that was a part of it. But I think starting with the Donald Trump era up to now, that particular the autonomy that the Supreme Court has has been to me manipulated and abused so so wildly that it's really it's really rough to even a, see them as autonomous because it all bleeds in and bleeds over. It's been overly politicized with the way that uh, Barack Obama was blocked from being able to nominate his justice because of the uh, pissed off nature of the Republican Party and how they really wanted to stick it to and set up a great trajectory for who they didn't even know was going to be Donald Trump. But then, of course, you have this charismatic, crazy ass person who's willing to go balls to the wall to make sure he's satisfied. Wow. His 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 uh, conservative agenda. So just make it like it's already been politicized. You know what I'm saying? This has been in the making. This has been years in the making. This has been, and this is what frustrates me about the Democratic Party is that they don't have the gall or the foresight. They don't have the six step ahead plan and orientation. I feel like toward making sure that conservative conservative power is here in the same ways that uh, uh, the Democrat like they, they they're just they're not matching energy is what I'm ultimately saying. And so when we talk about the autonomy of that particular court, I think we see everything from, you know, you already have just by nature of the Supreme Court, the ability, they dictate and determine impeachments, right? They dictate and determine uh, major decisions that, you know, are both private and quiet and that we don't hear about and listen about, but set precedences for so many things in our lives up to these types of conversations where you have nine people, nine justices, able to make a decision about some shit that the vast majority of Americans, based on polling information, based on just a lot of data and statistics, do not want. Like, the vast majority of Americans have no interest in completely wholesale eradicating abortion out uh, from access. We have certain pockets of places that want to change and limit and go very far in their limitations, but the public consciousness overwhelmingly is like, yes, if you have a type of pregnancy that's violent to you, if you have a rape situation, a lot of people want that ability to have that type of service or whatever. So you have nine people being able to just say fuck billions of people. It's just wow to me. Wow. And so that autonomy and being subject to public opinion, like I, I say all this to say, I think that that separation, the degrees of separation were lost a long time ago and now we're seeing the cracks and crevices. They can't even motivate themselves. They have opted themselves out of investigating themselves for January 6th. Oh, hey, and, and, like, and, like, you know what I'm saying? Like what? Like stop playing. Autonomous? Not don't want to be subject to public opinion. They shield themselves when they want to. They open themselves up to it in other times when they want to. Why? Because they know when it's all said and done, they suffer nothing. Because the caveat that George, I mean, Donald, is really important. 
said, right now, the conservative showing their hands so much where we see that this leak is this leak informally is, mm -hmm. is having more weight than uh Justice Clarence Thomas' wife sending a text to overthrow the thing. Like literally, like literally, so we that's saying why that's that the, 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 that's the, why the my dog of the Congress, the, the autonomy of Congress is more important than the somebody in Congress colluding to literally overthrow the government. Also, just to add to what Toya said though, because you know what I'm saying, I know that I'm about to um, add into this. Shout out to uh Dash Dop Dop Frisky. You feel me? I, I Twitter. You know what I'm saying? He's a uh, he's a he's a he's a student at UCLA, and this man got a popping ass thread that's gonna add more context to what Toya is saying. So y'all know we ain't just some niggas that's just mad and, and mad at the government. He said, "My professor at UCLA told our class that the worst part of the SCOTUS story, and for y'all that don't know, when people say SCOTUS, they're talking about the Supreme Court of the United States." A lot of people be throwing around this. I, I I realized this when I ain't gonna say the name. One of my family members asked me, like, "Little George, what the hell does SCOTUS mean?" I had to tell him. But listen, my professor at UCLA told our class the worst part of SCOTUS story was the fact that someone leaked the draft opinion. I raised my hand and told her the worst part was that women's rights are being taken away and that the person who leaked it, the draft, was a hero. Then she responded by saying, "A hero?" Question mark. The individual undermined the integrity in the institution of the court. To which I responded. The court lost its integrity when the wife of Scottish Justice text Mark Meadows on a plan on how to unlawfully overturn the election. Mm -hmm. Then this shit got this shit got, got 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 spicy, right? Then she said, "Let's not get into the political gossip." To which I said, "That said, it's not political gossip. It's documented text that Clarence Thomas' wife ran about left wing heist, even though the election was stolen. How did they get it?" It's not political gossip when they got those texts through a investigation done by a congressional committee. That's not gossip. But listen though, dash a dash a white boy, white man, you a white man, you a cold motherfucker. How you put this together? Because then it's because then you kept on tweeting. You said she said, I'm not here to discuss political opinions. I'm just professing that today is a dark day for the judicial court as an institution, which dash concluded. No, it's a dark day for women in America who just lost their reproductive freedoms. It's a safe mm -hmm. to say my grade would take a hit for disagreeing with her so passionately and morally, but I felt I need to speak up. I'm a student in East, at UCLA who's disgusted by what the Republicans are doing to this country. By the way, mm -hmm. when Republicans claim schools are indoctrinating students, it's a lie. Most of these teachers have had an, have had <laughs> afraid to take political stands due to GOP's war on education, afraid to say anything about Trump or the GOP, even after they incited a violent insurrection. Mm -hmm. But this is not Let's about politics. This is about democracy, justice, and human rights. Thank you for listening to my rant. I encourage young people to always speak mm -hmm. out. I want. Uh, uh, I know it may feel like your voice isn't heard, but you may have the power to change the world because you are the future. And vote in November. Don't sit this one out. Everybody in line, Republicans, y'all better get to Jerry. Right. We I know y'all already been doing <laughs> shit anyway, but y'all better get to work, goddamn it, because y'all are <laughs> man. No, 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 no. This, this is this is great. This is great. It's great. That's a, that's a wonderful tweet. That's a wonderful tweet because I'm going to post it to the top of the page too. I'm, me, I'm, I'm trying to top of the page. Hold on. Oh, my cousin. All right, my cousin going to be in town. But, uh, All right. All right, my fault. My yeah, a uh, cousin I ain't seen in a minute just said they was going to be in town, so I'm going to respond to that when I'm done. However, let's address this though, right? Because this is the issue. Somebody will tell you that the autonomy of the court was undermined 
when this when this leak came out, right? Mm -hmm. But they won't say that the autonomy of the Supreme Court was undermined when Barack Obama could not get a Supreme Court justice during an election year. Mm -hmm. But Donald Trump could get a Supreme Court justice during an election year. You can't talk to me about about the Supreme Court being autonomous from political opinions when it's already been co-opted due to conservative judicial activism. Now, the term judicial activism is used to apply to uh, ju uh, judicial decisions that are specifically uh, unequivocally partisan. They're doing it for a reason. Overturning Roe v. Wade is not a, 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 a social ill. People are not hitting the streets to say, hey, we need to overturn Roe v. Wade. It is judicial activism. It is the infiltration of radical conservative politics that, yeah. is, that allows the Supreme Court to even consider the idea of overturning Roe v. Wade. So when we are sitting back in a, and, and seeing that conservatives have manipulated the system to allow themselves to put people in position, people who lied, by the way, for example, mm. Brett Kavanaugh specifically stated that uh, Roe v. Wade is stare decisis, meaning the fact that it is established law means that it should be left alone. Neil Gorsuch said the same exact thing to uh, um, Neil Gorsuch. Diane Feinstein. Mm -hmm. So now we have to remember the decision to, uh, to, to allow these people onto the Supreme Court was dependent upon the meetings that they had with the people from the Judicial Committee who would be are the people, the individuals who would be voting on them being in the Supreme Court in the first place. Right. Roe v. Wade being decided was one of the uh, was one of the factors that people wanted to know about. Exactly. So when, so when now, so now we're crying and complaining about the uh, about the autonomy of the court when we've just sat there and allowed conservative politicians to make sure that conservatism dictate or, or I guess conservatism as they see it today dictates how the Constitution is being interpreted, not how it's been interpreted throughout time. To because even overturn Roe v. Wade undermines the autonomy of the decision that was made back then, because they're saying now that we have the power to overturn it, we'll overturn it. Not we're going to overturn it because there's an issue that was being brought up. Not we're mm. going to overturn it because there's public outcry that's asking and demanding us to take a look at it. But solely because we now have the power to do it. Radical conservatism, and we're going to get to this next question, ushered in by Donald Trump, undermined the autonomy of the court. Not the person that leaked it. But mm. this, the next question that I want to ask y'all now is did we underestimate the impact that Donald Trump would leave on our government in this country? Remember, he got three Supreme Court justices. Brett Kavanaugh, Neil Gorsuch was supposed to be a, a Obama nominee, but because Republicans had control uh, of, of uh, Congress and refused to vote on a Obama nominee because it was mm -hmm. a election season, what we saw was Neil Gorsuch ended up being uh, uh, being brought into the Supreme Court by uh, the Trump administration. Then you had the death of Anton Scalia. Uh, I won't speak for nobody else. I, I think that I think that if I'm putting my educator hat, when you ask the question, did we underestimate Trump's um, presidency? 
it depends on what the we we talking about. But I say mm-hmm. for me, I would say that I I would say I underestimated it. I would say that I underestimated Trump's presidency, especially when I think about the four years four, Trump's four years presidency compared to Obama's eight year presidency, and thinking about the the the, the legacy in terms of the impact, the residue. I think that if this Roe v. Wade is overturned, we'll see what that means. But I also think that, it, it, that there's a lot of implications in there because we also see that once I learned that Barack Obama was trying to get RBG or RGB, whatever her name was, to sit down, Ginsburg. Sit down but she didn't want to, and seeing how also that that also allowed for her to die and Trump to uh, to fill that position when he was in office, I think that there's also a lot, you know what I'm saying, at play. But I definitely will admit that I underestimated, you feel me, the presidency of Trump and underestimated the impact of what it would have in terms of this motherfucker ain't even office no more. But we still seeing the decisions that he made from 2016 to 2020 is impacting us in 2022. Uh, go ahead, you. Well, because I, I don't disagree with Lee at all. I want to take a moment, though, when we talk about underestimating things. Of course, we underestimated what this The Apprentice leader uh, and host this this hotel conglomerate, this businessman was going to do and how it was going to completely shift the trajectory of this country for the next 52, uh, 25 to 50 years. Yes, we underestimated that. But I want to double down on uh, the Obama era and how we, I think, underestimated the the, 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 the legacy and the lack of the, the, the amount of stones unturned with his presidency, because of what we have to understand about Roe versus Wade is but if I'm not mistaken, there was an opportunity for him to codify that into law that he decided not to do, right? A decision that was made when we had a majority uh, from the presidency on down, right? And I even think I had, we had a Supreme Court majority, right? And so I think there was an opportunity for Barack Obama to codify Roe versus Wade into law and to make abortions federally legal across the country. And that didn't happen. So the, when we start to talk about and really look back and start to tease out uh, what we misdetermined or misunderstood or underestimated, I think we also underestimated some of the, doors that was left open the same way the rgb door was left open and decisions were unmade there the same like that there were just a lot of like you said that four year to eight year comparison to start every time something else happens every time another shoe drops she'd be like well let's go ahead and trace it all the way back and we get to this it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.